Hey there, friends, and welcome back to Our Gold Twenties podcast. My name is Sadie, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tegan. And today we have a kind of general how to live your best life episode, Mm -hmm. but it's talking about a few things that I don't think we've addressed head on, and those things are using mantras, limiting beliefs, and this new term I've stumbled upon, maybe it's not new, but it's new to me, of someday syndrome. Mm. So I think we talk a lot on the podcast about setting goals and we like to share when we achieve goals. We like to share when we don't achieve goals, but I think we don't often go into, well, what's stopping us when we're not achieving our goals or what's holding us back? And I think today's episode might be the answer to some of those thoughts and questions. So I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. (laughs) Awesome. And I thought a great place to start for today's episode is in case you haven't heard, there is a new Taylor Swift album out. Mm -hmm. And I say that ironically because I think probably everybody's heard by this Mm -hmm. point. Maybe not ironically, but I say that sarcastically. At least I'm on Swift Talk, so it's like, literally every time I open my TikTok, it's some some Taylor Swift thing. So I'm just like, it's probably old news, but it's, yeah, it's not old news yet. So Teg, I wanted to ask you, because this is all going to come full circle, guys, but what Mm -hmm. is your favorite song off Taylor Swift's Midnight's album? Oh, that's a hard question. My current favorite, I based this off of what I jam out to in the car, and currently what mm. I've been jamming out to is Karma, which I feel like is maybe mm. a surprising thing to say. You're talking shit for the hell of it. Addicted to betrayal, but you're relevant. You're terrified to look down. Because if you dare, you see the glare of everyone you burn just to get there. It's coming back around and I keep my side of the street clean you wouldn't know what I mean karma is my boyfriend karma is a god karma is the breeze in my hair on the weekend karma's a relaxing thought aren't you envious that for you it's not sweet like honey karma is a cat purring in my lap cause it loves me I don't know like I was went to the Taylor Swift like dance night or whatever the day that her album came out and so they were trying to play some of the new album but like no one knew the songs obviously because it had been like 12 hours yeah and so all the songs it was like oh yeah this is okay like they played anti-hero and at the time that was probably the one I knew the best because I had watched the music video and stuff but then when they played Karma, I was like, ooh, yeah. And they had, like, the bottle service girls had a sign. So every time someone got bottle service and the sign said, Karma is my boyfriend. And I was just like, this is just very much the vibe that I'm appreciating right now. <laughs> so I think because of just, like, the whole context of it, Karma. And it's just, like, a good song to sing along to in the car, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I see. I don't. 
I wasn't with Tegan when she was experiencing what sounds like the best night of her life <laughs> and also a night that made us go viral on TikTok again. So if you're yeah. here, hello from that TikTok. Hello. Yeah. Welcome. But I'm not a huge fan of karma. And I know that's maybe like a... Yeah. I don't identify as a Swifty because there's people who are way more intense about Taylor Swift than I am, but Mm -hmm. I do quite like her music and like I listen to her all of the time. But so please don't hate me for saying that I don't love karma, but had I experienced it the way you just described, I feel like I'd like it a little bit more. (laughs) But okay, so my favorite song is Mastermind. And I think that checks out because I'm a Scorpio. And if you listen to this song... It's like Scorpio vibes to a T. Once upon a time, the planets in the face and all the stars aligned. You and I ended up in the same room at the same time. And the touch of a hand lit the fuse of a chain reaction of counter moves. To assess the equation of you Checkmate, I couldn't lose What if I told you none of it was accidental And the first night that you saw me Nothing was gonna stop me I laid the groundwork and then Just like clockwork The dominoes cascaded in a line What if I told you I'm a mastermind all by design cause I'm a mastermind it's like I'm not manipulating you but yeah sort of like yeah. I <laughs> but I just love it so much and I don't know I love the music I love yeah. the lyrics I just get like very full listening to that song but yeah. it honestly is like Scorpio vibes to a T to me yeah see I don't really like that song only because like one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs period is Invisible String and it is Mm. kind of like yeah remember how I wrote Invisible String and was like isn't that crazy I lied and I actually was the mastermind behind it and so I'm like ignoring it and pretending that Invisible String is like the end of the story yeah See, this is, Tegan is clearly in a happy, committed relationship. Yeah. <laughs> where Except for like, karma, yes. where I'm like, karma is my boyfriend. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. Yeah. I was just going to say, your outlook on life is like, oh, we're all tied together by yeah, invisible, strength. invisible strength. And I'm clearly single and, you know, being like, oh, hell no. The men out here are trash. We need to, like, come up with a plan to get the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So funny. Yeah. The other thing that's kind of interesting (laughs) is that when I'm like jamming out to karma, sometimes I think about it and I'm like, why am I so intense about this? Like, I have not been that wronged in my life. Like, yeah, Yeah. I've had bad stuff happen to me, but nothing crazy. And I went to therapy. I got over it. But then for some reason, when that song comes (laughs) on, I'm like, yeah, aren't you envious that karma's not your boyfriend? And I'm like, I don't even know who I would be singing this to. Like that's so funny it's just like any bottled up rage it's a good song just to like get it out yeah yeah and i mean i do believe in karma a thousand percent so Mm -hmm. you know even if i can't personally relate yeah i still love it (laughs) 
Anyways, you guys are probably like, okay, Sadie, you were setting the scene for like the ultimate self-help episode. And Mm -hmm. then here we are talking about Taylor Swift. Anyways, the whole reason we are talking about Taylor Swift in this episode is because like Tegan just said, her first single off the album is Antihero, which I'm sure you are all familiar with. I feel at this point, it's not just the TikTok people who know it. It's like on Instagram. She even had her like I think it was like a YouTube challenge where it was like the anti-hero challenge or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. we know about this song and it's all about the it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what me as somebody who is a very self-reflective person, huge journaler, like I feel like and I've been told that this lifetime is dedicated to like self for me. Mm-hmm. I listen to this and I'm just like, this is so relatable. But yeah. at the same time, can we like you know, dig into this a little bit more (laughs) because like it is such a true thing. And like rooting for the antihero is essentially limiting beliefs, you Mm -hmm. know, and like you telling yourself and believing that you can't do something or that you're kind of you don't believe in yourself to do it. So I looked up, you know, for the podcast research purposes, what actually is an antihero? Like, mm-hmm. let's define this. So I went right to the source. You guys know Miriam Webster, nothing but the best for you guys. And they define an antihero as a protagonist or notable figure who is conspicuously lacking in heroic qualities. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Checks mm-hmm. out. But I find it so funny because we talk so much we as in just like gen z young millennials in 2022 Mm -hmm. about main character energy and you guys have heard us talk about this on the podcast time and time again i remember last summer we came up with main character may for the month of may and i was like so liberated from this and it like totally just like put me in the bed best headspace for summer But when we're talking about rooting for the anti-hero, it's literally the complete opposite of main character energy. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would just be such an interesting way to go about talking about living your best life that we haven't really gone about before. Yeah, well, and what I find kind of interesting about the whole anti-hero thing is that I find more recently, like within the past like 10 years, maybe 15 to 20 years, a lot of the great television shows, the main character is an anti-hero. It's like the way we think about ourselves has changed. Whereas if you look at like television shows from the 90s and the 80s, the main characters are the hero of the show. Whereas nowadays, like Breaking Bad, Walter White is classically an antihero. Mad Men, Donald Draper is a huge antihero. The Sopranos, like literally all of these like great shows. And it's just interesting that these characters are becoming like complex, just like normal humans are. Like no one's going to be a hero all the time. You're not going to be like, I can't even think of an example but you know everyone makes mistakes and everyone yeah does bad things even if it's sometimes by accident but like those 
don't define you and every single person does it. So if you've done a bad thing, does that make you a villain or an anti-hero? Shouldn't you still be the hero of your own story? Like if you're listening mm-hmm. and like a serial killer or something, like no, you're probably a villain. But I'm hoping that our listeners are not serial killers and are just like normal <laughs> people who have maybe like, you know, been mean to someone by accident or something. And it's just interesting that I feel like the way the world has begun thinking about itself is different. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, this is pretty deep tag. I feel like I haven't really noticed that, but I think it's also like since I am very like self-reflective and like self-aware, like I kind of just see that side of things more or like – I don't know. I can like overanalyze situations mm-hmm. where I don't know. I don't know how to describe what I'm thinking. Yeah. But I think you bring up a great point where it's not like in order to be the main character, your life has to be perfect all of the time and yeah. you have to romanticize every single moment. You know, mm-hmm. like it's not one or the other. Like you're either the main character or you're you know the anti-hero or maybe those aren't even total opposites yeah but yeah exactly you're not either the protagonist or the is it antagonist is that like the yeah opposite like anti-hero yeah because it's yeah yeah right like it's like exactly like you said we have situations that we're not proud of sometimes you know but like that's how we learn and like that's how we grow and that's obviously what our podcast is all about is just like growing and kind of developing that Mm self-awareness so for me when we were when I was thinking about you know Taylor Swift talking about cheering or rooting for the Mm anti-hero I was like and you guys have heard me talk about this before but to me my first thought is always about how you talk to yourself Mm -hmm. and what is your inner narrative saying and rooting for the anti-hero is you know basically rooting for the person or the voice in your head that tells you you can't do something or tells you that you can't wear jeans because your thighs are too big. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, she even in the song, she talks about how she can't look at herself in the mirror, yeah. but she'll stare directly at the sun. And I know I have those backwards, but, you know, same thing. <laughs> now I'm like, I know the Swifties are intense. So I'm like, if I'm not quoting these lyrics Correctly. perfectly, <laughs> yeah. people are going to drag me. But you guys know I'm trying my best here. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have chose Taylor Swift. Now I'm way scared. too much pressure. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared of her fans, even though I am one. Yeah, I know. It's but okay. yeah, so that's kind of the first thought I went to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've talked about this before, but bringing awareness to your inner dialogue has so much power over your confidence, how you show up for yourself and like what you actually truly believe for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I spent a really long time and like a lot of hard work training my inner dialogue to be my own cheerleader. And it wasn't in the sense of like, I have nobody else to cheer me on because I literally have the best support system ever. Like my family is always there to cheer me on. I have really great friends through post-secondary school and college. Like I had really great professors who were like, you can do anything you want to do. So it was really great. But I knew when it came down to it, like 
I needed to be able to trust myself Mm -hmm. and to be the one to like pull myself through challenging times or difficult decisions and I needed to be that person for myself. So I just like took it upon myself to become friends with myself and become my own cheerleader and the pro-hero versus the Mm anti-hero in my own inner dialogue and story. Yeah, I feel like I my inner dialogue is very much the opposite, but probably due to my like anxiety disorder and depression, but it's yeah, literally the opposite whereas things that prove that inner dialogue correct become very important. Mm-hmm. So all of my yeah. failings and missteps become like very important in my mind. Whereas all my successes, my brain considers like flukes or that I was lucky. And so it's like, this is something that I've been working on for like years and years and years through like some of the ways we're going to talk about and primarily through therapy and like you, you almost have to like rewire your brain because it can be like debilitating sometimes. Absolutely. And I think what's really challenging is you might not even know what your inner dialogue says or like this might be something you've never even really thought of before. And I don't blame you, you know, like it wasn't until I started reading a million self-help books that I started paying attention to how I was talking to myself and you know, what we're kind of talking about now is like even a step further than just like, what am I saying? But like, how is that impacting my actions and like Mm -hmm. the decisions I make and how I respond to situations in my life? So like, it really is a deep thing to think about. And I think as much as I'm sitting here saying like, I'm my biggest cheerleader and stuff, I'm also definitely my biggest critic. And Mm -hmm. I think everybody's guilty of that. Like for me, I'm not going to like leave the house until my mascara is 1000% perfect and it is coated every single lash perfectly. Literally nobody will care, Mm -hmm. but like I put that pressure on myself to be like, well, no, you know, and maybe the mascara is a bad example, but like I'm putting so much pressure on myself to be the best version of myself when I leave my house, when I meet up with my friends, when I log into work, whatever. And even if people are like, you know, on a bad day if they're like we all have bad days I'm like well I can't have a bad day you know like I'm the exception Mm -hmm. I'm like very hard on myself so I think even if you are somebody who is on the positive self-talk side of the spectrum you can still have you know your own challenges and your own moments where you're facing your own Mm anti-hero in your head even if it's not the norm for you yeah 100 percent. well and I feel like everyone's guilty of If you are not doing things like say you really wanted to work out this week and you didn't work out, I feel like it's so easy to be like, oh, God, you said you were going to do it. Now you didn't prioritize it. Like what's wrong with you when it's like that kind of self-talk never, ever works. Like think of if you were saying Mm -hmm. that to a child, would that make the child Mm want to like do whatever you're trying to like of course not that's not how you speak to a child and that's not how you should speak to yourself like that wouldn't motivate anyone whereas like if every time you did work out you were like wow great job you did it you prioritized it you're killing it I'm gonna go buy you a 
I don't know, bouquet of flowers because you did such an amazing job. Like that is so much more motivating, but I find that it's so easy to revert to the negative. I don't know. It almost yeah. takes like more awareness and effort to sp- focus on the positive, I guess. Totally. 100%. I think something that's really helped me, and again, if you're like an avid listener of the podcast, we so appreciate you being here, but <laughs> some of this might be repetitive because I do talk about this a lot, but it was using mantras and how mm-hmm. I really leaned into that to help shift my inner dialogue and like train it into this way. And I know I've mentioned some of the mantras I've like used in the past, but I don't know if we've really talked about like why they're important or like how you can implement these into your day-to-day if it's Mm -hmm. something you've tried before or maybe it's like brand new idea to you. But the first mantra I ever really repeated to myself and I still repeat to myself all the time was back in 2018, which doesn't feel that long ago, but now it kind of sounds like it was like going on five years ago, I guess. But I went on my first solo trip just to San Francisco, but it was, you know, my first time going on a trip all by myself. And I was like so scared and it was still in the US, like it was in California. It wasn't that far away, but it felt like a far away Mm -hmm. place. And like, it wasn't that sketchy, but it was sketchy compared to, you know, the little white town I grew up in Mm -hmm. (laughs) outside of Toronto. But anyways, I was nervous once I got there to the point where like, I had to convince myself to leave my Airbnb every day Mm -hmm. and really had to like push myself to put one foot in front of the other to go on these adventures because I did not go all the way to California just to sit in my Airbnb bedroom. Mm -hmm. And the mantra that I repeated to myself all the time was, you got this. Literally the most simple mantra you could possibly think of and so generic. Like it had nothing to do with traveling. It had nothing to do with you know, exactly what I was doing. It was just me constantly saying to myself, you got this. Mm -hmm. And what was so funny was I started saying this to myself like in the airport on the way there. And when I got to San Francisco, I was like, okay, first stop, I'm going to go see the Painted Ladies because of course, like I watched Full House. This is, (laughs) I'm going to just sit in the park and live my Full House like dream. So that's what I did. But on my way there, I stopped in this boutique and there was this gold bracelet and it literally had, you got this engraved in it. And I was like, I'm going to buy this bracelet. I wore it the entire trip. I wore Mm -hmm. it every single day after my trip for like two years until it started turning my skin my skin green, <laughs> green because it was just cheap. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like the most simple mantra, but I still pretty much every single journal entry I write, typically I journal when I'm like confused, when I'm mm. feeling lost, when I feel like I need some answers. I literally close every journal entry I write to this day with you got this with mm-hmm. a little heart beside it because like that's just what frames my thought when I'm on a run and I feel like my legs can't go, I can't breathe anymore, but I know, you know, I just have to keep running. Mm. I just whisper to myself, you got this. If I'm in a presentation at work where I'm like stumbling over my words, things aren't coming out the way I had like practiced beforehand, just take a minute, tell myself you got this and keep going. So it sounds simple, but I think the like main point here is that I repeat this in every aspect of my life, I repeat it 
all the time to myself to the point where I'm typically saying it to myself in moments where I feel like I don't got this, where Mm -hmm. I'm like scared to leave my Airbnb, where I'm messing up in a presentation, where I feel like I can't run anymore. I don't feel like I got this, but me telling myself, no, you got this, is me fighting the anti-hero in my head and choosing to continue or choosing to continue to show up for myself, even though I'm getting signals from everywhere else in my brain and body that I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I feel like the next thing we're going to talk about is limiting beliefs. And it's almost like the opposite. Whereas like you're saying, you hear the anti-hero voice in your head that says like, don't leave your Airbnb because it's too scary. You're like, nope, I've got this and I'm going. Limiting beliefs would be like listening to that voice and accepting that as the truth and the fact of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that is 1000% like when Taylor Swift in her anti-hero song when she's like, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. That's mm-hmm. literally limiting beliefs like to a T and that's mm-hmm. it, Tegan, where it's like, I'm the problem here. Like, and it's just something that is in my head that I so believe to be true that I'm not even going to try to prove it wrong or yes. I'm not even going to try to change it because this is just the way this is. I am not the biggest fan of Mark Manson, but he does have a on his blog kind of a whole blog post on limiting beliefs. And I've been like very captivated by the idea of limiting beliefs. I want to say this year. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I'm watching YouTube videos on this stuff, not saying that I'm qualified to talk about it at the (laughs) lengths that I'm watching and like listening to other people. Obviously do your own research, but I'm very captivated by the idea of this and like how this can really hold you back from living your best life without you even really knowing about it. So that's why we wanted to talk about it on the podcast today. But anyways, going back, Mark Manson has a blog post on his website all about limiting beliefs and he defines limiting beliefs as false beliefs that prevent us from chasing our goals and desires. So that's pretty Mm -hmm. much what we just talked about. But he has how there's a few different types of limiting beliefs and the first one is limiting beliefs about yourself. Mm. So these are beliefs that make you feel like you can't do something because something is inherently wrong with you. So going back to kind of like, I can't wear the jeans because Mm -hmm. my thighs are too big. Like that's a limiting belief because of your body image, you know? Mm -hmm. Second type of limiting belief, he has limiting beliefs about the world. So this is beliefs that make you feel like you can't do something because no one will let you. Yeah. And the last one is limiting beliefs about life. And this makes you feel like you can't do something because it's too difficult or, you know, I feel like the life and the world one kind of are interchangeable in my head, but it's mm-hmm. like, I'm a woman, so I can't do this. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. it's just like more societal norms mm-hmm. that you feel like you can't go against or, you know, things yeah. larger than just you internally stopping yourself. Yeah. Like I can't be president because there's mm-hmm. never been a woman president. That would be like limiting beliefs yeah. about the world. Yeah. 100%. And I think like the biggest thing is that limiting beliefs 
can be big or small. So they can Mm -hmm. be as big as I can't be president or I can't wear jeans or as small as I can't wear jeans. You know, like they could literally stop you at anything, any size of goal that you have or any task that you're wanting to like accomplish. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like they can be like extremely deep rooted with you not even knowing when or how that limiting belief yes came to be yeah and that's why you know doing therapy and we'll kind of talk about like okay how can we tackle limiting beliefs but like doing therapy can really open your eyes to these limiting beliefs because it's it's hard to be like what's stopping me you know to answer that prompt on your own Mm -hmm. can be a very tricky task yeah one thing I wanted to bring up which is I read in the book How to Beat Burnout and or How to Cure Burnout rather, which I've talked about before on the podcast. And it's a great book so far. I still haven't finished it. I feel like if anyone listens to every episode, they're probably like, girl, you've been talking about this book forever, but I'm working on it. But I just read a part of the book where they're talking about the patriarchy in general. And they mention a study with rats, whereas There's the first rat who is stuck in a box and they will open a door and he runs through the door and then he gets cheese as a reward. And sometimes even if they speed it up and he doesn't make it all the time, he will still go out there and do his best to try and run out the door. Whereas in another study, they had a rat who was in a box full of water and they had the rat swim around swim around looking for land and never gave the rat land to crawl out of the water with it eventually would just be like floating and chilling because it became hopeless and what was interesting is when they would put the water rat into the other challenge with the door that opened and closed it would never run for the door even though it had enough time because that rat made the assumption that it didn't matter if the situation was hopeless. hopeless. Yeah. yeah. And this is like, so this was brought up in regards to how women feel about the patriarchy or why you will encounter women who are against feminism and that kind of stuff. Because for a lot of people, it seems like a hopeless fight. And if it's been just bombarding you your entire life, you feel like nothing you do makes a difference but I also found this interesting because I feel like it can relate to the way that you speak to yourself and if you are telling yourself over and over and over again it's hopeless well of course your brain's going to believe that because you're in charge of your brain that's Mm -hmm. what you're telling it and then if you are given the opportunities to create that hope you won't take it like if you don't believe Mm -hmm. that you're good enough for a better job And you tell yourself all the time, you you could have like 50 amazing opportunities pop up on your LinkedIn, but you're not going to apply because you don't believe you're good enough for it. And then it just is a cycle because then you're like, well, yeah, clearly I'm not good enough because here I am still stuck at this job I hate. So it's like a A cycle. fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's my rant. It's so hard. Yeah, no, I think that's so great. And it's so hard because it's, you almost, like, I don't know. I've had this conversation with friends where it's like, 
even on this podcast where I can show mm-hmm. up and I can be like, I've done the work and like, this is how I change my inner narrative, whatever. Because I love having these like life chats about how to be your best self. Great. Mm-hmm. But until you like tag in or like yeah. you listening, mm-hmm. experience it the way I experience it, like you can't relate or like understand, you know, yeah. or like, so to say to that rat being like, well, no, if you just... Yeah, if you just run towards the door. Yeah. Yeah. If you just do it, like, and just keep jumping on these opportunities or just Mm -hmm. like keep rolling with the good as it comes or like start seeing the good and start, you know, just chasing it. Like, it's hard to imagine that being the case. And it's hard to be like, okay, well, if you think you're hopeless in this particular area of your life, it'll snowball into an, another area of your life and then yeah. you, another area of your life and the next thing you know, you just feel hopeless about everything and don't try in any areas of your life. Like yeah. it snowballs negatively, yeah. but it also snowballs positively if you let it. But it's just so hard to explain that to people if they haven't experienced that or mm-hmm. when they're in that hopeless state the last yeah. thing you want to say to somebody and the most frustrating thing to hear is well if you choose to do it differently or if you choose yeah. to do it differently like it could change you know like it's yeah. very very hard so we're not saying it's easy by any means but yeah it is interesting how how it works that way yeah the other thing i find interesting about the rats is how in the rat in the water scenario it's like rigged and this is another thing that I feel like especially for women listening like you might feel well why even bother hustling at work if it's just going to be like another mediocre white man who gets the promotion over me and you can be reflecting that on you and being like, it's because I'm not good enough. I'm not working hard enough. When it's like, really, if you take a step out, which is maybe where, you know, a therapist comes in as someone who's outside of the scenario and has that sort of like bird's eye view on it. It's like, well, maybe it was rigged. Maybe the person who got the promotion was like the kid of a friend of the CEO or Mm -hmm. whatever. Right. And so that's another element of it. It's not, it's never just down to who tried the hardest. Cause it's like, Mm -hmm. if that's all it took, I think our world would look very different. So. Yeah. 100%. And I think the idea of limiting beliefs too, in this scenario could prevent you from trying your hardest. Like Mm -hmm. if you don't think you're going to get the promotion, you're not even going to try. And then that's where this limiting beliefs really starts to stand in your way and where you become the problem in your own story. So Tag, you've totally talked about, you know, I'm not good enough as a limiting belief in the sense of work. Mm -hmm. And that's a big common limiting belief. Probably one of the biggest ones that I hear and read about every time I'm like, you know, watching YouTube video, reading blog posts, whatever I'm reading for limiting beliefs that day. But it's always what what Mark Manson was saying and if you guys aren't familiar with Mark Manson he's the author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck Mm -hmm. and I read that book while I read it I didn't while I was reading it let me speak in proper English here (laughs) I didn't love it but afterwards Mm -hmm. and like still to this day I'll think back on things and be like Mm -hmm. "Hmm, interesting like I yeah I like it more the more I think about it but anyways Mm -hmm. not saying he's like 
the end all be all. But when he was talking about limiting beliefs about ourselves and there's something inherently wrong with you, the whole I'm not good enough Mm -hmm. really falls into this because like you were saying, Tag, it's like a me problem. Yes. I think you could be I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not, you know, Mm -hmm. anything enough. And we talked about it in the sense of work, but it could also be a limiting belief before you even get to work, but at a post-secondary level where it's like, I'm not smart enough to get into law school, so Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to apply. Or in outside of kind of an academic or professional sense, but I'm not good enough for my boyfriend or for Mm -hmm. a loving partner who like treats me as an equal, you know? Mm -hmm. Like that could be a very deep-rooted limiting belief that you believe about yourself that you're not good enough you don't deserve it Mm -hmm. so that's a big one another common limiting belief is age so I'm Mm -hmm. too old for something and I think we often hear this in the sense of I'm too old to go back to school or I'm too old to learn a new skill I'm Mm -hmm. too old to learn a new language the prime time to learn a new language is when you're young and you know your brain's still developing you learn so much faster but I'm in my 30s. I'm in my 40s. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't learn a new skill or language. It's like, that's a limiting belief. You could if you really wanted to, you know? Yeah. I think apart from being too old, you could also feel like you're too young. I'm too young to change careers. I just started my career. I'm, you know, just figuring it out. Doesn't feel right. But, and I want to change, but, you know, I'm too young to make a career change. Yeah. That could be a limiting belief. This one really hits close to home we've talked a lot well I've talked about time and money in my mantras and how that's impacted my life but Mm -hmm. the next one I'm too busy I don't have time like the number of times we hear that in so many different scenarios that is a limiting belief guys and Mm -hmm. for me that was like a huge limiting belief towards my dating life I'm too busy to date I don't have time for guys I don't have time for the bullshit I don't have time like that is the first thing I say anytime people ask me how my dating life is going (laughs) so limiting belief right there and that's why I'm still single (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and one thing that I find interesting is like three or four episodes ago when we had Diana on, she talked about these limiting beliefs and talked about sort of reframing them because none of these things are truly true when you're saying them about yourself. And she suggested instead of saying like, I'm too busy to fit in a yoga class a week. She's like, that's not true. You won't fit it in. So change that wording. If you catch yourself saying any of these limiting beliefs, change it. You're not too busy to do yoga. You won't find the time to do yoga, which there Mm -hmm. could be a totally valid reason for it, but then you can identify it. It's so easy to be like, well, I'm not good enough to apply for that job. That's not true. You won't apply for that job. Why won't you? Because Mm -hmm. you think you won't get you know, a job interview from it. Fine. That's a real reason. Maybe that's true. But just saying like, I'm too old to go to school. Like, no, you won't go to school. You won't go to school. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you think you're too old. Like, it's just a way of if you're not quite at like the mantra mantra phase of, you know, you hear I'm not good enough to apply to that job. Maybe you don't feel like you can be like, 
yeah, I can, I'm going to do it. But it's still, I think, a first step to be able to be like, no, I could be good enough. I won't apply for the job, though, because I'm scared or whatever reasoning it is. Yeah, I love that so much. I think another big limiting belief that has impacted me, and this is like a deep-rooted one in how I was raised, is I can't afford that mm-hmm. or I don't have money for that or that's too expensive. That is a huge limiting belief that yeah. I, just one day I was like, you know what? Maybe I can, you know? And yeah. like, maybe I can afford that. Or like Tega would be like, I can't afford a Dyson Airwrap. So mm-hmm. you just decide. It's never, never going to happen. One, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then the last one is, sorry, I'm still on the whole common limiting beliefs, but the last one that I wrote down is the idea that somebody's already done that. Somebody's Mm -hmm. like, someone's already been there, done that. And I think that's a big thing if you have like an entrepreneurial spirit or if you're a creative person, you know, like for instance, this podcast, we could have just been like, we're not going to start a podcast because like when we created this in 2021 everybody had a podcast there's so Mm -hmm. many podcasts about living life in your 20s with two best friends sitting down talking about it like Mm -hmm. it's it's been done so we're not gonna do it and that would make us give up before even starting yeah but here we are you know we decided (laughs) to do it anyway put our own spin on it and we kind of broke that limiting belief but it -hmm. is a big one for big projects like that Yeah. I feel like these are all so common. Like I even hear people say these things to me, which is crazy. Like I, the amount of people who say I'll never be able to afford a house, which like, listen, the housing crisis is very real. Maybe you won't be able to, but the fact is that if you have already just decided that at the age of like 22, like you're limiting yourself. Maybe you'll be able to afford an apartment one day or maybe I don't know like it's just crazy the amount of these things that you just hear in a conversation let alone what people are thinking about themselves exactly and I think that's why it's like it's easy just to brush these things off or to say these things out of habit without actually realizing what you're saying you know and like without realizing that you actually believe these things if you're constantly saying them over and over again, you know? Yeah. But it kind of is very similar to someday syndrome. And Mm -hmm. someday syndrome is instead of saying, I'll never be able to afford a house, it might be, well, I'll buy a house one day, someday, you know? Mm -hmm. I'll buy a Dyson Airwrap someday. Someday I'll run a marathon. Yeah. these kind of like I think someday syndrome really comes in for like these kind of more bigger goals and like I want to say kind of like the big ambitions that you want and you know Mm -hmm. you want them but rather than just like dismissing them or rather than being like this isn't possible for me or viewing it as a failure that you don't have that now. You're just like, eh, someday I'll get there, you know? And you kind of turn it into like a lofty thing, even though it's something that you really, really want. Yeah. Like a bucket list goal. Like the amount of people who are like, oh yeah, I really want to see Harry Styles in concert. It's on my bucket list, but you know, he'll always be touring. And and it's like, well, do you know that? If Harry Styles gets hit by a bus tomorrow, what if you get hit by a bus tomorrow? Like, yeah, 
Yeah. You're, you're like, don't Please bring Harry. up Harry like that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh God, now the Harry fans are going to come for us. <laughs> but it's like. Can you tell I work in social media? Yeah. I'm like, I need like a action plan for a social media crisis at all yeah. times. <laughs> what if she brings up Harry Styles dying? I mean, it could happen. You could die. Could we don't happen. know. Like, yeah, it's true. We could have another pandemic and then no concerts for two years. Yes. Like, exactly. It's, yeah. Like, it's one thing if you're like, I'm responsible. I cannot afford Harry Styles tickets right now. It's not going to happen. But if you're just putting it off because, oh, there'll always be another time. That's where I think yeah. the problem is. Yeah. My parents are bad for this. And mm-hmm. if my mom's listening, like, sorry, mom, but like for travel, that's a big thing oh, yeah. where yeah. it's like someday we'll get there or I'd love to go to Italy, this, this, this. And it's like, just get up and go, you know, mm-hmm. like if you actually want to go, go mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. because someday if you're in your fifties and you haven't been to Italy, when are you going to go to Italy? You know, mm-hmm. like just make it happen. Yeah. So rather than put it off for someday, I think too, it could be like, we're talking about like the whole, like someday I'll run a marathon. Someday I'll write a yeah. book. Someday I'll start a podcast. Yeah. Someday, you know, like all these kind of more like fun tasks that, you might also feel like people don't take you seriously, mm-hmm. but again, you still really want to do them. It's like, I'll just brush that off for someday. Yeah. So I think the best way, and we are going to kind of wrap this episode up with some like actionable tips and mm-hmm. like what you can do. So hopefully at this point, we've, you know, said something that made some light bulbs go off in your head or just gave you something to think about where maybe you'll start paying attention to how you talk to yourself or the things that you're saying that might be a limiting belief. But the next step is like, okay, if you have this knowledge, what can you do to kind of change it and change that narrative? So I know we already talked about how it takes a lot of introspective work and a lot of hard work, a lot of consistent work. But Teg, when you talked about a therapist, that was the Mm -hmm. first thing that came to mind for me as well. And I think that's the biggest benefit of therapy is that you get that unbiased third party perspective from Mm -hmm. somebody who's from a totally different walk of life from you. So for instance, if I'm talking about a limiting belief with my family, it's very possible that they have that same limiting belief, you know, so they wouldn't call that out to me as a limiting belief or they wouldn't see that as a problem the way a therapist would who's Mm -hmm. completely removed from the situation so I don't think we needed to give you guys another reason why therapy is so important (laughs) but this one tops the list for me Mm -hmm. 100% and if you can't afford therapy which I don't blame you there are like you know like subsidized programs out there and whatnot Mm -hmm. but I also recommend journaling Of course, journaling can be a really great way to do introspective work as well. And just starting with the journal prompt of what are my biggest desires? So these are your biggest goals, the biggest milestones you want to hit in your life. Mm -hmm. And then the next prompt or under each goal or milestone or desire that you write, write what's stopping me. What's stopping me from achieving it? What's stopping me from chasing after it? And just keep listing things. Maybe it's money, you know. Mm -hmm. For instance, right now, I can't own a home. Like, I can't afford one. But that doesn't mean 
I never will, you know? So mm. money could be a real thing, not just a limiting belief. Yeah. It could be, you know, just how you view things. It could be your resources. It could be your skills, you know, anything. But mm-hmm. I think the more you write down what's stopping you, the more your brain will, you know, activate, turn on, and you might start to see common themes among a couple different desires as to what's stopping you. And there might be something you can take away from them as a limiting belief that you have overarching versus just, you know, one thing standing in your way of one goal. It could be like a deep-rooted limiting belief. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is too, when you're writing down these things that are standing in your way, it could be you literally in like reverse order writing out a to-do list where it's like, I really want to travel to Hawaii. What's standing in your way? I can't afford it. I don't want to take the time off work. That would be too big of an expense. And then it's like, okay, what what am I seeing here? I'm seeing, okay, I don't have enough money. Well, I need to save money if I really want to do this. Exactly. Or if you're like, I want to run a marathon, what's stopping me? Well, I can't even run 5K. I don't have good running shoes. I can't afford the like fee to get into the marathon. Then it's like, okay, there's your to-do list. Start running and training for a marathon. Raise the money for your fee buy new running shoes and then there's nothing standing in your way except for you just doing it exactly yeah exactly and it's taking that big goal and breaking that to-do list becomes those smaller goals that make it an action plan you know I love that so much but like you said tag the next part is showing up for yourself and Mm -hmm. that can be really really hard so I think finding ways to hold yourself accountable, finding what motivates you. Those are the two biggest things that have really helped me. And the biggest thing that motivates me came from a different self-help book, Atomic Habits. And Mm -hmm. if you guys remember, I read this last summer and I was like all over it because it was (laughs) just such a good self-help book. Mm -hmm. Recommend it to everybody. But what I learned about myself through that book was what motivates me is similar to what Diana was saying that you just brought up, Teg, was viewing everything as a choice and then choosing when I'm not doing something, Mm -hmm. I'm rewording it to instead of I'm not going for a run, it's like I'm choosing not to go for a run. I'm choosing to let myself down. I'm choosing to not show up for myself. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I started thinking about things that way, I was like, oh, hell no, girl. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that situation, there's nobody here to blame but me. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to accept that as my reality. So that yeah. really motivates me. That might not motivate you. You know, you might need to reward yourself. You might need to cheer yourself on. You might need to take a much more positive approach than I do. But knowing, you know, by not showing up for myself, I'm choosing mm-hmm. to let myself down mm-hmm. really whips me into shape quickly Mm -hmm. 100 percent. and the last piece even though it's hard once you find out well how to hold yourself accountable what motivates you keep consistent with it and Mm -hmm. just keep showing up for yourself even when it's hard even when you don't want to you need to just keep showing up and keep putting in the work and I think it's 
breaking, you know, over time, this takes a lot of time to change these limiting beliefs, to change that inner narrative, to know what you want, to know yourself, to develop that self-awareness. Like this is hard and it takes a long time, Mm -hmm. but it is probably the most rewarding work you can do. And we all deserve to live, you know, an amazing life. We all, I'm obsessed also with realizing your greatness, realizing my greatness. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're the only ones who can do that. So it is worthwhile putting in the time and effort to do this work. Yeah, 100%. Everyone deserves to have a nice life and everyone deserves to speak kindly to themselves and about themselves. That's something, that's a reminder that I give myself a lot when it's like, I can't do that. I'm too busy. I don't, you know, I can't work out. I don't have enough time this week. And it's like, why do you think you don't deserve the hour a week to go to a workout class when thousands of people prioritize working out every day? Then it's like, Mm. oh, yeah, you're right. Me. (laughs) I do deserve it. Or it's I find it especially with self-care. I why should I get my nails done? That's expensive. That's a waste. I could be doing something better with that hour. It's like, well, why does everyone else deserve to get their nails done and you don't deserve to get your nails done? Yeah. And I do. (laughs) You do. You do. You do. I do. Whoever's listening does. does. Yeah. Everybody (laughs) deserves it. Yes. Yeah. That's the same with all of this. Everyone deserves to have a good job. Everyone deserves to keep mm-hmm. learning. Everyone deserves to date. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, <laughs> I hope that was like a positive uh, ending for everyone. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. People, yeah. I hope people are, yeah. Yeah. They're signing off being, or they're signing off, I guess we're signing off, but yeah. they're repeating to themselves i deserve this at least that's what i'm doing right now you do you deserve to listen to this podcast and you deserve to listen to it every (laughs) single tuesday and (laughs) you deserve to follow and subscribe to us (laughs) so that you see when those new episodes drop and you also deserve to follow us on all the social media platforms that we are on we are at our golden 20s that's all i'm gonna say so thanks for listening See you next Tuesday.